Reset. Broadcasting around the world. Online at PressBoxRadio.com. And to great radio stations throughout the Southeast. This is the Press Box. It is for a Monday, the 31st day of July, episode 656 of this here radio program. Mike Grace inside the break line. Uh, pardon me. It is the MGL Production Studios just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. My pal Bart Heights, the former Mississippi State basketballer, is in Winfield, Alabama today. Yeah, Winfield. So, yep. In Marion County today. Uh, yes, hot diggity. Uh, and our friend uh, Colin Lacey is in Statesboro, Georgia, checking in with us. We talk plenty of SEC football on this show. Well, it's time to talk some ACC as we check in with our neighbors to the east, west, Longtime voice of the Atlanta Falcons, plus play-by-play for ESPN and the ACC Network, and recently named the voice of ACC Prime Time. They'll debut Saturday, September second, eight p.m. Eastern Time, with Old Dominion at Virginia Tech at a fantastic Lane Stadium. Great environment, along with Tim Hasselbeck and Taylor Tannenbaum. West Durham, the voice of ACC Prime. Welcome inside the press box, sir. How you doing? Good to see you guys this morning. Happy Monday to you. We're uh, what are we thirty odd days away now? We can actually kind of like talk about it in reality we don't have to project like we do in june and july about what could happen and fall camps getting underway as as we speak this week i mean guys will be putting on helmets and pads before before we know it before we get to the x's and o's of the acc and kind of talk about who's going to be the favorite i do want to talk to you about your travel deal in addition to the acc (laughs) primetime you you as well you know do the falcons and have what since 2004 i think so you know we we talk about all the time i'm still wanting my jet pack that they promised me back in the late 60s early 70s is that how you're going to get from acc prime to NFL, well, you really, yeah, you really are dating yourself, aren't you? His <laughs> yeah. nickname is Elroy. Yeah, <laughs> talking about that, Super Bowl one, aren't you? That's me, baby. The Coliseum that's the guy. That's exactly yeah. right. Yes. Yeah, I don't think the FAA's uh, helped you much there, Mike. <laughs> no, um, they haven't. No, no. I, uh, yeah, you know, first of all, the two things that have happened in the history of me doing the Falcons, and Dave Arch and I will uh, celebrate, or some will say frustrate, our twentieth season this year. Um, the uh, the number one thing that's happened is that Rich McKay and Mr. Blank have been, without hesitation, the most supportive people of what we do, because for uh, you know for many many years uh, I was doing Georgia Tech and Dave was doing the regional package for Raycom of the ACC, and then you know obviously I went to television ten years ago and that dynamic changed. But Mike, the number one thing is they always say, "How can we help?" Type thing. Wow. Well, um, Friday would, I appeared at training camp. Uh, I was asked, so the, the, how can we help may be extended a little bit for year 20. And I said, yeah, it might be. So we'll see, knock on wood. It looks good on paper. Um, but as they say, paper don't play. So we'll find (laughs) out. But right now, um, you know, the fortunate thing for me is ESPN understands I'm going to miss week five of the college football season which is week four of the nfl season because atlanta plays in london that weekend so i'll go to london with the team and then in november atlanta plays their only game of the year west of the mississippi river in the regular season that's when you have a schedule like this you can do what i'm trying to do on saturdays that helps because the reality of it is um again on paper there's a flight every morning some at 5 15 some at 5 30 some at 6 30 yeah that can get me to where I need to be for Sunday at one o'clock. And that's the other good part. Atlanta plays 16 regular season games at one o'clock Eastern time. There you go. So it, it shouldn't knock on wood three or four <laughs> different dozen times this year. Hopefully it doesn't become an issue. Well, you'll be in my Sunday morning prayers every week, man. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. 
Hey, Wes, last week you're up in Charlotte for ACC Media Days, and a lot comes out of it, but I think the thing I've got to ask you about first is on the set for ACC Network, Brent Key from Georgia Tech named, named you me the starting quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> what you get when a kid from Trussell, Alabama, shows up at nearly 18 years of age, commits to Georgia Leary, and he sits in your office as part of his visit, right? That's a uh, – Alabama boy. Yeah, there's no I'm no there's nobody coaching football who I'm happier for than Brent Key, Colin, because I know what it means to him to have gone to school there. I know what it means to him in his coaching path. Um, I'm excited for him and Danielle and their family, but beyond that, I respect the journey. Just like you know, we go through as broadcasters or anybody else. I I respect the fact that. You know, he took a chance and came back. He he could have stayed in Tuscaloosa, Alabama the rest of his life with Nick Saban. Uh, probably been an associate head coach, probably been a major cog in the success there. But he took a chance three years ago to come back with Jeff Collins because he – four years ago because he wanted to see kind of what it was going to be like to coach at his alma mater. And, and Jeff, quite frankly, needed him. Because when it got bad, the guy holding the fort together was Brent Key. Had Brent not been there – uh, the last year and four games of Jeff Collins' administration, no telling where Georgia Tech's football program would be today. In fact, I'm getting ready to spend the afternoon with his football team a little bit, and I'm excited about it because I think I've seen all the things he's done. And yeah, he named me the head, named me the quarterback because, quite frankly, he may play one of four kids in the opener against Louisville, and I was cannon fodder standing right there beside him. <laughs> but yeah, everybody's gotten a good laugh out of it. I've heard from more former players this week who said, yeah, well, he used you because the quarterback's not going to move. So there we go. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wes Bart here. They need to get off of you, man. No, um, it's all right. So, he, all right, so everybody's talking mainly about two teams uh, in the ACC. In sure. Football, Florida State and Clemson. And, uh, you know, it comes down – to me, Florida State's got – there's a couple of hiccups on that schedule. Um, Clemson as well. Um, how's the quarterback play going to be? But is there a third team? Because oh, I, sure. I do think that there's going to be a team that goes to the – uh, playoff from the ACC this year. I really mm-hmm. believe that. Is there a third team outside of those two that you see sneaking in there based on schedule or what they've got coming back? Well, I would tell you offensively, North Carolina has to be on that list because of who they are offensively. And you guys know Chip Lindsey. Heck, you know him better than most people in the ACC do. Chip Lindsey inherits a jewelry store. <laughs> I mean, not only does he have a dominant quarterback, he's got all sorts of pieces at running. He's got four running backs, three tight ends, and probably a half dozen receivers, and Barty's got five guys, four guys back in the offensive line. I mean, he can formation you to death anyway, and he's got a kid who's probably, if he's not the first pick of the draft, he's no worse than three next April in Drake May. So I would say this. I, I think Carolina's the logical one. The question is, can Carolina actually, this concept of tackling somebody to the ground mm. – on defense, can they actually put somebody on the ground? Can they rush the quarterback? Can they do the defensive elements for Chiz? That I think Gene was optimistic when I talked to him in the spring about it. And for me, I, I think that if Carolina can defend a little bit, and they got to start well, that's the other thing too. They got to beat South Carolina and Charlotte to start the season, and that goes for the rest of the uh, the ACC too, Bart. Because to me. The games that are coming, Florida State, LSU, Texas A&M, Miami, uh, Pitt at West Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, I mean, we can roll them off, right? They're mm-hmm. all in the September, uh, basically the first five weeks. Those are the games that are going to help the ACC's reputation nationally. I-, I can sit here and tell you all the things while the league is pretty good, 
But if they don't win those games nationally, or at least a majority of those games, it's going to be the same old song and dance. Our, our man in the afternoon is going to hatchet the league by the end of September. If Clemson loses, the dynasty is now over. Dabo's train is run. You know, I, I, I know the script. I know how it gets reprocessed every year. And who's the, and who's real quick? Who's the um, the the dynamic player? You talk about the team that could do this. Who is the dynamic player? One or two somewhere that you heard about well, in media you, days. Jordan Travis is the one that's going to light yep. this place up. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jordan Travis is a smaller version speed-wise of Lamar Jackson. Now, he's a smaller physical package than Lamar Jackson, but he's got better players around him at Florida State. I, I think people are. I think people really want to embrace Florida State because they respect Norvell and the journey to, to respectability. I mean, remember, I did the Jacksonville State game on TV with Roddy Jones. I mean, I saw that right about with that. my eyes. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you know, Mike has done just a terrific job coaching the team. But here's the other thing, too. There's some black and blue football in the ACC. Pitt will absolutely pummel you. Uh, I think Louisville is going to be good. they got the easiest schedule in the conference because they don't play Carolina, they don't play Florida State, they don't play Clemson. Uh, I think NC State's going to be good. I think Wake and Duke have big questions and could really be good. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm still not talking about We've gone this entire conversation. I haven't mentioned Miami. Yeah, yeah. Not once. Well, yeah, because we don't know. Big game week, too. Well, we were in love. I mean, everybody's been in love, right, Mike? We've been in love with Miami. I mean, it's been great romance. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's been – I mean, she's been coming to us eight times and never showing up. So, I mean, you know, I I just – I'm Mario Cristobal's too good a football coach. I got too much invested in it, good and bad to not be a good football program. Well, you joined us here before our segment actually started. We were in the midst of talking about Auburn and, and that the SEC is better when Auburn is better. Look, the ACC is better when both Florida State and Miami are better. And that's the question. Can can We, we know what Norvell's done in, in Tallahassee is pretty special, mm-hmm. and they should be uh, competitive this year for, for an ACC title. But it, for, the, for the league to be good, Miami needs to step up too, don't they? Miami, Virginia Tech, they all need to be good. I mean, you know, this Virginia Tech hiatus needs to return. Now, I'm not sure it can happen this year, but I think that Miami definitely needs to be good. Florida State needs to be good. Clemson needs to be good. Because here's the thing, okay? You pump up the brands every year nationally, right? And we're in this point now where we're inflating people, okay? We're inflating teams that we think might be good. And by the end of September, somebody's not great. Okay, and then by October, somebody's fraudulent. Okay, we said in August they were going to be really good and they're terrible. It happens every year. In fact, my old buddy Mark Packer used to say there was somebody that would start the year in the top 10 that finishes out of the top 25, and it's like 18 consecutive years of it happening. Yeah. And we'll have it again this year. I just don't know who it's going to be. I'm, I'm buying, I'm bullish on Washington out west to challenge USC, but... Love Penix. Love yeah, Penix oh, yeah. could win the Heisman. Yes. I'm not I'm not as bullish on Oregon as some would be, but that's we'll we'll wait and see how that plays out. Visiting with Wes Durham from the ACC network, longtime voice of the Atlanta Falcons, and a lot of people would say the voice of ACC for a lot of years. <laughs> You've been around the ACC your entire life. Pretty much. Where where have you seen this league go to the last couple of years? Um I think it's I think it's in a pretty interesting spot because all the bullets have been flying everywhere else. Um, I think that from the standpoint of stability, there are a lot of people doing a lot of talking about things that they don't control. 
Um, in my opinion, the league is pretty stable from a membership standpoint for probably the next five years financially because nobody can afford to leave. If somebody were to leave tomorrow, let's say, you know, Mike decides, you know, he's representing an institution and he decides tomorrow he's going to leave, it's probably going to cost him somewhere in the neighborhood of $600 million, (laughs) somewhere in that ballpark. Okay, and everybody says, well, that's a bad deal. Yeah, but when it was written in 2016, it was hailed as a great deal. Yeah, yeah. And so, and it also involved Notre Dame on, a, on what I like to call the IPO because if Notre Dame and all these people want to speculate about Notre Dame, Notre Dame can't go anywhere till 2036 or they surrender that money. And Notre Dame absolutely thinks that their television package is going to be worth a lot more than it actually is, which is another situation. I totally agree with that. But I don't think, I don't think there are leagues that are actively pursuing people. I think what you happened with, what happened with Colorado last week was the Big 12 has let this television deal get down to the end where it's going to expire. And Klyovkov hedged his bets, and the Big 12 had to hope there was going to be a big number, Colin. And the big number's not coming home. Yeah. The bottom line is the Big 12, or the Pac-12 does not bring stuff to the table that I think a lot of people were hoping they would. So at the end of the day, it's going to, um, it's going to end up falling into kind of a crease here. You know, the money that the Southeastern Conference got, the money the Big 10 got, that's not going to be their next deal. Mm, yeah. I mean, that, they hit this thing at the height of it. And now we're kind of on the backside. We, we're developing. I know Mike and I, you know, Mike's looking for his jet pack. We, all pro- <laughs> we also probably have to help most people our age learn how to stream. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. see, we're, we're now going to a demographic of America that has no problem watching a game on a phone. I mean, you know this, Colin. Yeah. My son's 24 years old. My son doesn't watch games on TV. My son watches them on his phone. And, that's, and, and people, we've got to be able to monetize that and measure it and do all the things we've done with television. So I, I think the league is fine. They, they want to make more money. They're going to have to be a little conventional in terms of out-of-the-box thinking. Like, I'm not so sure. I mean, I, you should see the faces when I get to the wrong group and I say, I don't think the ACC basketball tournament necessarily has to be played in March anymore. And people look at me like I'm killing things. And I'm like, no, I, it, look, I think you can play it in January. Same champion in March. Somebody wins in January, they're both still going to the tournament. I mean, the bottom line is both those teams are still going to go to the yeah. NCAA tournament yeah. one way or the other. Whether you name them in January or you name them in March, and, you know, we could get into – we'd have to have another three-hour segment where I sit and talk with you guys about the business of college athletics because it is insane what's going on <laughs> on campuses right now. I'd like to talk about that sometime because I think there'd be an advantage if a conference did that because they wouldn't be as tired having to go, you know, two, three, four games and then go straight up into the tournament. Um, Bart, you are walking the line of coaches. If I mean, soccer, if soccer can do it, why can't basketball? Why I, I do mean, we play? Why do we play conference tournaments at the end of the regular season? I never thought it, about it. It fits with the NCAA tournament. Well, who says you can't play it in January? Who says you can't play it in January over four nights? And who says it's got to be done on a Saturday or Sunday? Why can't you crown the champion on a Friday? You play every night midweek, Monday through Friday, in a conference tournament in January on your television channel. Yes. I mean, it's, it's more be- – ooh, I really like that. Mike, he brought, brought basketball up so I can go back. You can. Right. You can. Okay, absolutely. <laughs> through that All right. So, number one, I never thought that Miami would be carrying the torch in basketball in the ACC. I actually played against Laranega team, so I've seen that defense up close. It's no sure. fun for people who don't know. Carolina and Duke, um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't 100% on the, on the shower hire. I was a Tommy Amaker guy. Speak, please speak to the state of two programs for me, though. Duke – Mm-hmm. And Georgia Tech, because I think Stoudemire's the hire. I think Georgia Tech's going to get back. I don't know if, like, when I was growing up, 
I mean, Georgia Tech, lethal weapon. I mean, it was phenomenal. And now, yeah, it was and, good. And I talked to Dennis Scott a lot now. I've gotten to know him. And Tech is kind of ready to explode, correct? So, Duke, yeah. Georgia Tech, status of both. Well, number one, let's go with Duke. I, I think the Shire hire after one year can be hailed as successful, right? I think John mm-hmm. has done a terrific job coming in and understanding the landscape. And much like Hubert Davis at Carolina, the parallels between the two programs get stronger every day. Uh, John has also been willing to kind of balance out his roster. John understands that, hey, I don't have to sign a bunch of high school guys anymore if I get a transfer here or there. North Carolina, on the other hand, is elected to replenish their roster after two years with more transfers than high school recruits. So the checks and balances are a little different now for Hubert Davis and John Shire than they were. I think John's done a terrific job. I agree with you about Damon Stoudemire. I think he's off to a really good start. I think it was a shrewd hire by Jay Bat to make the hire within 72 hours so his roster didn't implode. Mm -hmm. And that's today's college basketball. In all honesty, I mean, he had to make sure that Miles Kelly stayed. He had to make sure that Damon Stoudemire had a chance to get in, get a staff. He hired Carl Hobbs, who's a former head coach at George Washington, is one of the premier recruiters in the Northeast out of Rutgers. All those things have worked to their advantage, Bart. I think Georgia Tech has an opportunity to return, but Georgia Tech's got to get in the game beyond the one they play on the floor. And they weren't in that game last year. In fact, Brent Key won four football games without a dollar of NIL on the field. Josh Pastner played basketball the last two years without a dollar of NIL on the floor. Wow. Didn't know that. And I know that is not the way the game gets played. I've been told that that, uh, that Matt misses by a couple commas in some places. Wow. <laughs> two minutes left with West Durham. A couple of commas. A <laughs> couple of commas, huh? Two minutes left with West Durham. Who wants the uh, Falcons question? Bart, is that oh, still boy. you? Here is that still go. you? I want to know. I just want to know. That was the – anytime I saw the Falcons, I was How can I answer teams. a question, Mike, of a guy wearing a Joey Votto hat here? <laughs> yeah, that's him. That's well, welcome. Welcome to my world, oh, man. man. Okay. Oh, we're all on Dela Cruz. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, he's bandwagoning it up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm also bandwagoning Wes. Now you know. You and Herb Street. <laughs> Only time we hear from you. <laughs> that's right. The Reds are playing well. That's right. So, okay. that anytime the Falcons were playing last year, I took the other team's defense – Sure. Um, and I'm a fantasy guy. So who's the big impact guys? What are they going to do at receiver? How good is the rookie? And what happens at quarterback with Ritter? Well, Ritter's going to be the quarterback. The problem in Atlanta is uh, you got to get used to somebody not completing 73 to 70% of their passes. And that's Matt Ryan's yeah. career, yeah. right? Yes. I mean, you went 14 years with a guy who hit 70% of his passes. All right, that's number one. Number two, uh, the weaponry on offense is impressive. It's crazy how good – you know, the formations and the packaging can be. B. John Robinson's the right pick. He's the right player. But I don't know if we've got another, you know, 1,400-yard rookie campaign of anybody running the ball in the NFL. If you want a fantasy pick, yes. and this does not have to be early, take Mac Hollins. He's the opposite wide receiver of Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and B. John Robinson in the offense. He'll be, one on one. He'll be one-on-one about every snap. There's my nugget. There's your tip. West Durham. Yes, indeed. Wes, thanks so much, man. We enjoy the time, and uh, you're welcome inside the press box anytime. Good luck with those uh, travel plans this <laughs> fall, and we'll be in touch in, this, in, in, the, in the near future, sir. Thanks so All much. Right, be well, guys. Take care. Thanks again. You bet. Have a great week. The best. Wes Durham. Find him on Twitter, at Wes Durham. Just that simple. And find him all over the ACC network this fall. We owe you a timeout. We'll come back. Hour two of the press box includes uh, Justin Ferguson talking Auburn with us after a timeout. 